At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my friends. It's Isabella here inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. We are having here someone that I cannot wait to introduce you to who accomplished tremendous things in a, such a short period of time and consistently is uh, elevating not only his game, but everybody in his inner circle from published authors so many numerous times uh, to a serial entrepreneur to best event and film producer, and so much more. And he is most recently being awarded with Star, the Walk of Fame star in Las Vegas, among millions of other accolades. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you directly to Greg Reed, where we're going to depict not only his accomplishments, but also how he made that all happen. Greg, how are you? I am always good. And thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for finding time in your crazy busy schedule and with everything that you're doing around the world. Um, right now, I believe you're based in California, the San Diego area, right? Yeah, I'm down in the main streets of San Diego, a little beach town uh, community called Carlsbad. And it's pretty cool. It's really neat because I get a skateboard every single day. I'm 60 years old and I still get out there and hit the streets. It's amazing spirits and age doesn't matter. And you're proving it over and over because you've been reinventing yourself so many times. But before we dive into what are you currently doing, do you mind giving us a little bit for everybody that are not familiar with your history and your background? How did you start into entrepreneurship and how did you start writing these amazing epic books and building amazing empire that you have today? Well, first of all, everyone's uh, listening to this and you've never heard of me before. Don't feel bad. I'm not very popular at home either. <laughs> He's a regular guy. So I've been published now in 148 books, 45 languages. Uh, happened to do a cool live event called Secret Knock and make major motion pictures. And the way that we've done it is we work our strengths and we hire our weaknesses. I think it's very important as business people, we understand this. As kids, we're taught to work our strengths and to hone our craft. As adults, it's easier to work what we're really good at and do that the very best of our capabilities and then surround ourselves with people that excel at things that we might struggle at. So for example, if I'm gonna make a major motion picture, I'm never gonna run a camera, I'm not gonna do costuming and I'm never gonna do catering. I'm gonna put together a movie and produce it by bringing the greatest minds of that generation to come together to tell a story that will inspire the entire world. I love that. Higher weaknesses and stick to your strengths and then tap into your strengths. How did you differentiate what your strengths are? And do you mind how was that part of your path that helped you out to really understand who you are and, and, and what you're brilliant at and to keep going? Well, everything's to me is, is <laughs> so that's pretty easy. Uh, so when I give you an example, writing books. I'm dyslexic. Can't spell, can't read, can't write. If you play me words with friends, you'll win every time. But I have amazing ghostwriters and editors that can take my words and then craft them in a way 
that people would want to read it. So I'm a good orator. I can tell a good story. And again, as a kid, I get in trouble for it. Now I get awards. Go figure, right? And so what will happen is I come up with an idea and it says a boy wants a bicycle. He's got that initiative. He gets off his backside and takes his dad's lawnmower. He goes door to door, makes money, buys a bike. And then my ghost rider brings it back and says, it was a glorious Sunday afternoon when a young bright-eyed lad caught the entrepreneurial spirit, right? And then they'll craft it in a way that people are going to read it in book form. That's amazing. And obviously, you just did it only 145 times. Uh, obviously, you have a power and love for the book and, and power and interest for the great story. Um, what are one of some of the books? I mean, you have so many. What are some of the books that were highlight for you and your trajectory and your uh, career path? Probably my first one it was called The Millionaire Mentor. Uh, when you write a book, you do something called the query letter. It says who you are, what's your message, why an expert who's going to read your book. I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. And the 269th one took it, but said, you got to change the title, beginning, middle, end. It was really bad. I told you I'm dyslexic. So I got a ghostwriter. They recrafted it and it went on to inspire millions of people. So much so that one quote was shared, I believe, 37 million times. It says, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. It's on coffee mugs, t-shirts, all this different stuff. But it came from a quote that I was rejected time and time again. And the moral is to never let another person or yourself talk you out of what's something you know to be true. Mm. How powerful is that? And I love the quote. And for everybody watching and listening, you can see that on Greg Reed's bio and on LinkedIn. And also if you search in Google and everything else that it's out there, but that is so powerful. And obviously you did not allow that using um, dyslexia, just being dyslexic in dyslexia as a crutch or as a something that you cannot accomplish, uh, such as writing the books or telling the stories. Um, and obviously that propelled you forward on so many levels. And I remember initially when um, back in at least seven or 10, even years ago, you started with Secret Knock. And right now it's been one of to go to top events uh, and it has such a strong global recognition. Since like you were applying that tremendous success in other avenues, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, we're actually going on 17 years, believe it or not. I mean, it's amazing how it's, it's grown and it's gone by different names, but now we're known as the greatest event you cannot attend. <laughs> it means you got to know someone Go to the website, fill out an application, secretknock.co, and then apply and tell us the reasons why you'll come. And then once accepted, it costs $5,000 to attend, but we won't tell you where it is or who will be there. We tell you nothing. All we do is give you the city, state, and date so you can make travel arrangements. And then even when you show up, you have no idea who's going to be there. And we do that specifically instead of coaches and teachers and mentors. We, we bring in the world authority who's accomplished what everyone else is talking about, where one person's leaning against a you know, Lamborghini taking a picture for Instagram, we bring in Tonino Lamborghini, Mr. Lamborghini, where someone else has an idea for a clothing line, here's the guy who created Ugg Boots. Here's the guy that has an idea for a nonprofit, here's the founder of Make-A-Wish. If we surround ourselves with the people that are accomplishing what we want in our own activities and ask that person for guidance, Chances are we'll cut a learning curve, you know, 10 years right off the top. 
Wow. That is right now with everything speeding up, having learning curve of 10 years and, and getting accomplished and achieving your uh, goal. I mean, how, what best is there, right? Nothing I think can be that. So do you mind telling us when is the, how, how is the process beside you mentioned applications and everything? How often do you do these events? It varies. We, we do one for sure every year. Sometimes we do two. It's just, it depends upon the type of mood we're in. <laughs> There's not like a, rhyme, a lot of rhyme or reason to it. It's really, really neat though. We get to bring in some pretty spectacular people. We've had private Skypes with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia. President Vicente Fox telling us how George Bush tried to trick him to go to war. Carol Baskin from the Tiger King telling us that she's never even met Joe Exotic. And the people we got coming in for this next one next year will absolutely blow your mind. Wow. So everybody, again, watching and listening for opportunity to be exposed to a tremendous learning curve and opportunity to grow. Uh, Secret knock is the way to go. I'm just, again, kudos on accomplishments and just uh, the buzz that that still has from previous years. It's just unbelievable and uh, very much so a desired event for everybody that not only entrepreneurial world are part of that would like to go. So again, um, looking for that opportunity and we'll post the link down the end. But I'm also really curious how your trajectory of success, what would you say contributed the most? Because you are the most versatile entrepreneur and you, whenever you tap into, you make making magic happen. So do you mind sharing uh, how, how is that possible for everybody that wanted to not necessarily replicate, but wanted to tap into their, their excellence and their greatness to achieve the tremendous goals? Yeah, I think just having a student's mindset. That's it. I'm not a pro. I'm not a guru. I'm just a dude. And so what I do is look for things that I've not done before to go accomplish them because I find it interesting. And then what happens, I have a student's mindset. I sit there and forget about what I think I know. And I surround myself with people that can give me counsel, not opinion. Opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, or inexperience, like all your family friends who've never done it as well. Counsels based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. So when I wanted to write a best-selling book, I go to a family friend. They try to talk me out of it because I'm dyslexic and they've never written a best-selling book. So I went to Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. They said, hey, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, and mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and ignoring opinion, that's the day our lives would change. So every activity that I go do, I say, who's the world authority at that? And ask that person, even when it comes to fun. So for example, I like doing adventures. I've jumped out of airplanes and summited Mount Kilimanjaro. I went to Pamplona and actually ran with the bulls. And what's interesting is I said, well, who's written the definitive book on running with the bulls and called them and said, hey, what do I do? Where do I stand so I have the greatest enjoyment, but not get killed? I said, oh, that's easy. On the third turn, go right in the straightaway, stand right in the middle of the street. The bulls are going to go on one side. People are going to, you know, stampede themselves to the other. You'll be right in the middle. You can take a selfie and enjoy yourself. Where do you think we went? And most people don't seek that simple guidance. And that's all it takes. Wow, that is definitely eye-opening. And you're right, uh, guidance to how we can succeed. Sometimes we look at and expects to be complex um, achievement or there needs to be much more complicated than in reality really is. Just the how we're, I guess, as a human's wired. Yeah. So 
thank you for sharing that. But I'm also really impressed. Obviously, I've been just recently in Las Vegas and um, hearing, and then now, you know, didn't have a chance to see, but I've um, been aware of that uh, you also have some amazing accomplishment there as well. And you've been awarded a star on Las Vegas Walk of Fame. Do you want to tell that story? Well, it's interesting. When the founder of Make-A-Wish came to Secret Knock many years ago, I asked him what his wish was. And he looked at me like I had two heads. And I, he goes, what? I go, well, you're the founder of Make-A-Wish. What did you wish for? And he says, no one asked me. I says, well, I want to be the guy that grants your wish. I go, anything you want, I'll give it to you. I go, you want a Lamborghini? I know a guy. He says, no. He goes, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something. So he signed over his life rights and it took me six years. And when we made his life story into a major feature film, uh, we actually made the uh, shortlist, the ballad for the Oscars, and we're still trending worldwide today. And what happened is he ended up getting nominated for one of these stars. And when they heard the story behind the story and the accomplishments I've done in books, they decided to give me one as well. So I'm now six away from Elvis Presley, right in front of the Paris Hotel. You can stand on my star and, and watch the Bellagio water show. It's pretty, pretty amazing. What an amazing, amazing story. Again, by helping someone else to tell their story, you've been recognized for your tremendous achievement and your amazing work that you did. That is phenomenal. And for everybody, I'm sure everybody here from Makeovish Foundation and uh, how much they're helping specifically young children that are dying to have one last living wish before they pass away uh, to make their dreams come true. And uh, very interesting that nobody asked the founder about his own wish and that you turn into an amazing movie. Now, we find this a lot though, actually. A lot of people don't ask the pretty girl out for a date for the prom because they think they already got a date. And I realize it's not that way. I have a philosophy, it's called TTE. Talk to everyone because everyone you meet is going to know something you don't know. It doesn't make a difference or stature in life or where they've come from. Everyone knows something you don't know. And if you have that student's mindset, you're always learning, you're always growing, and therefore you can always prosper, excel, and then pass it on to someone else. That is brilliant. Um, so if you don't mind for everybody watching and listening that are trying to figure out how to make their own, um, not only wish come true, obviously, but to really position themselves for the success. And when they're, when they're trying to reinvent, like many times people are like, well, I was successful 10 years ago, but I can't replicate that. Things change. What would you suggest? Because I feel like right now, so many people are seeking and I would say maybe even answer in the wrong places. What would you suggest that needs to happen as prerequisite uh, for them to fulfill that? Well, I'm not a psychologist or <laughs> just write books. Uh, so I will share from my standpoint, not what other people should do, but what I would do. If I was starting all over from scratch and I wanted to become an artist, well, I would not seek other starving artists because that's just pulled starvation. What I would do is I'd sit outside a gallery and I'd say whose art is being pulled off the walls. And then I'd reach out to that person, and ask them how they're doing it. The secret is to surround yourself with people that are getting the results that you want for yourself right now. And what you said earlier is something called a bad case of the eustas. Like I used to have a bigger house. I used to have this. I used to, if we get stuck in the eustas, we're, we're done because things won't be the same. And more importantly, thank goodness, because there's more opportunities and more possibilities available than there was at that time as well. 
It's about shifting and reprogramming your mind to see what's possible rather than what was in the past. Mm. And, and that is excellent point. A lot of people might be stuck in the past and that's where they forfeit not only what they can do today, but also how they're shaping their future and how adapting will be anyway different. But I love your book that I read numerous times and reference back to it uh, when you address the lot of power of stickability and where you really persevere, but you know what you need to be also persevering on. So do you mind sharing a little bit about um, how that really helped you with your own growth and how it's helping millions of readers around the world yeah i'll keep it really simple i only say yes to something that i promise myself i'll complete that's it that's it so simple so back in the old days i used to be a people pleaser people would say can you do this for me can you do this and they'd always come to me because they know i could get things done and what happens i end up working for everyone else for free and i was taken away from my own success. And Les Brown has a quote, it says, you fill your own cup first, and then you feed the world with what flows over. So I took that mindset. And now when people come to me, I'm very selective of what I say yes to. But when I do, I promise I'll complete it. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I have stickability that I'm going to make it come to life. So the selectiveness of it, I don't know if that's a real word or not, <laughs> dyslexic, but that's going to be my official answer. That's fantastic. I love that, which also really shows about level of integrity and uh, strength of leadership and who you are, how you show up, that honesty, transparency, what do you see you get? And, and that is being consistent, no matter of trajectory of success or where you've been uh, personally, professionally, which is just so refreshing. And with that in mind, do you mind just shed some light of how you portray and see the traits of leadership as, as, as a contributing factor? Because obviously leadership is prerequisite for carving a tremendous legacy. And you are living and leading yours and already leaving tremendous legacy and footprint in the world. And who better to answer that question than you? Well, actually, I might give you a different answer than, than you're expecting here. I'm not a big, firm believer of the word legacy. I, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, you go to uh, Egypt and you see these giant pyramids and all the people, the ancestry that built it are all living around there, yet no one can even tell them how they did it. So, I mean, that's the greatest, but they can't even explain it. You know, there is little villages and small Western towns where there was one person who was the doctor, the mayor, the sheriff, they transform an entire thing that's been bulldozed over and it's a freeway today that was forgotten. And so I think what we can do is live for today. The, our legacy is how we live by attraction rather than promotion. It's an AA philosophy, but it's my belief system. So I believe rather than go out and beat my chest of how great I am, I just want to go live a great life. And then other people are attracted to it and say, hey, how can I get some of that? And then you share your secrets along the way. And the best thing I can do is be a good example for my son, who's 11 years old, and teach him anything and everything I can. So that becomes his legacy. It's the information. It's not the knowledge. It's not the book. It's not the money. It's, it's, it's how we lived our life. It's living that life of integrity, of living a life of value, so that perhaps he can pass it on to his kids and their kids as well. And back to the star thing. The only reason I even really pressed for that at all, and I, I really did want to do that, is you know, I'm 60 years old. My kid's 11. He's never going to go to my grave, little old my grandkids. And I realized, but for the rest of their life, when they go to Vegas, they're going to go, hey, there's my grandpa down on the ground, pour one out for the homie. And so, so that'd be a great, you know, legacy piece, so to speak, because it's very unique. 
Yes, it is. And it's very rare, but it's also beautiful. I love your focus is not on that monetary gain, how much it is truly about the values and what it, what others in your sphere are inheriting from you uh, and lessons learned and as well uh, results uh, that they can produce. And it seems like you've been involved in so many different things, obviously in um, recent years. So I'm curious, um, how do you make a decisions and what to get yourself into? Because obviously you've been a phenomenal keynote speaker, published author, uh, now uh, winning a, a film producer. What is next in, in coming in your on the bucket list and in, your, and, and in the near future? So when I was 17, I did a bucket list and I had 80 impossible, I mean, just ridiculously impossible items on there. And when I crossed the last one off, Everyone said, well, what are you going to do next? You're going to do a new bucket list. And I said, no, back to my kid. I said, Colt, what do you want? And we started making his list. And I find it more enjoyable helping him cross those off than I will ever do for myself. So I feel good. I feel full. I feel full is the word I have for it. So whatever's next is whatever is next. But what's really cool now is really grooming my kid for these next seven years before he comes an adult to make sure he can be become the best, you know, byproduct of himself. So that truly is my, my greatest focus. And it's interesting. I, I keep telling them, I know all these kids stay at home till they're 30 years old. And I've trained my son. I go, if you call them right now, it's like, Colt, when you're 18 years and one day, what happens? He goes, I'm kicked out. I go, exactly. That is the rule. So my whole intention is to set him up with all the tools, resources, knowledge, and wisdom so that he can go on and live a happy, productive life. And then he can, again, pass it on to his kids so they can do the same. I love that the brilliant uh, where, where 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 its value is right now, and how important it is to invest in in future generations, specifically our own children, right? But then also how you intentionally are spending time and effort and providing the time where it is the most precious resource, and then you're doing it extremely wisely. Kudos for that. I'll, I'll give you one of the grace of us. I was doing a podcast like this a couple of years ago. Changed my entire life and my kids. It, whole paradigm and they said you give your kid money to do things he doesn't like to do around the house like you know make his bed mow the lawn or whatever I said absolutely I'm gonna teach my kid the power of respect of money and she goes stop she goes I expected more from you you're ruining your child forever I said mm -hmm. teach me I says what do you mean she goes think about it you're training your child from the earliest of memory the only way to make money is to do something they don't like and just a light bulb went off. And I said, Colt, I go, listen, man, I go, I got a couple million followers on social media. I go, you make these cool TikToks and videos from now on, why don't you become my videographer and make my stuff? And that's how you'll get your allowance because you excel at that. And how about you make the bed and take out the trash and call it contribution for living in the estate and the lifestyle you do. And now when he wants some new Jordans, he doesn't come up and say, dad, I need dough. He says, hey, how many TikToks can I make you? And what's happened is it changed that entire conversation. And now he's teaching other kids to do the same. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. Association and emotional triggers, as well as how we get rewarded, how we get appreciated. Uh, and that is powerful in terms of specifically from positive versus negative aspects. Wow. Amazing. So I'm curious, uh, obviously, you, you, you're a family man and, and just having obviously beautiful wife, beautiful son and investing so much time and effort. But this is the rare conversation that a lot of serial people that are very serious 
not only about their business and achievements, very little have the life and work balance. What advice you have for everyone watching and listening that are struggling with that and still not seeing where the value is, why they're here, and how where the biggest contribution they should be putting up? Again, I should probably go into school and become a psychologist because you're asking me all these type of questions. I, I don't have the answers, I, I, but I will share this. Number one, I don't have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful ex-wife, uh, actually three of them. I'm the only person I know in the state of California who's been married and divorced three times without one lawyer involved. And I got to say, Colt's mom, Alan, is the, I got the greatest ex-wife in the world. She runs Secret Knock Women. Her and I are business partners and associates. We're still friends. Her boyfriend and his family and all of us, we all get together for the holidays. It's a whole different uh, feeling. And to me, the whole concept is if we don't lie, cheat, steal, we're honest with our feelings and we're upfront and we don't hide or sugarcoat, all things are possible. Most people let ego, edging God out, find their, you know, stand in their way. And to me, if you put ego aside and just showed up as your authentic self, again, it's amazing what can happen. Thank you for clarification for that. And then it's thank you again, show us what kind of person you are, because when, when we can um, figure it out and find a ways to overcome our differences for greater good and also continue to be who we are, it makes tremendous difference and impact for sure. Yeah, 100%. And you know, it's interesting, it's just a different time. And it also shows our kid the way that relationships can move forward for him if he wants to stay in a long-term relationship. And if, you know, gosh forbid something doesn't go good, that there's still not the end of the world and there's opportunity to, to see things on the other side of it. So again, we're a multi-dimensional California, you know, new age, I guess, type of society. Uh, but the main thing is look what's possible. I, I never look back. Like so many times people say, oh, the Eustas or the what have you. I'm just looking what's coming forward. It's like driving down the road. I never look in the rearview mirror only if I hear a squeaking tire once in a while, but more than likely I'm always looking forward through the, the glass before me because that's the direction I'm headed. I love that attitude and I agree. Sometimes we only do quick review if we need to, uh, but looking forward and, and having that attitude of every day is a gift and every day it's great, which you always exude uh, through everything you do, which, which again, it's amazing. What do you do to have that inner work and inner energy? Because your passion is uh, uh, tremendous. And obviously everything you do reflects and you do it very well. Where do you, uh, where you, where, where this come from? How do you nurture that? Great question. I have this philosophy. It's called always good. And it's really simple. Uh, one time I was going through a checkout to the grocery store and the cashier was asking people, how you doing? How you doing? She didn't care. She's just doing her job. And people were saying the same answers, fair, fine, fair to middle. And someone in front of me said a double negative, not bad. It was coming to me. I go, I'm gonna come up with a double positive. And I was thinking, 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 she gets to me and she goes, how you doing? And I go, always good. And she stopped and looked up and she goes, how can someone always be good? And I said, well, Abraham Lincoln said it best. People are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Wow, that is deep and profound. Um, speaking of that, obviously you have, you're being quoted, you're being published and being um, on so many different stages. But I'm curious, and you mentioned some really powerful um, legends in their quotes. Who was the most 
instrumental in your upbringing to become who you are today? Who was that motivator or role model? I've had quite a few of them. I, I've been very fortunate. When it's from 17 years old, I had a boss named Roy Sanks who believed in me and gave me promotions when no one else should, uh, all the way down to my mentors and you know all the different people that I've surrounded myself with over my life. So I, I can't say one person. Uh, my number one mentor right now, his name is David Corbin. And what's cool about him is a good mentor will never tell you what you need to hear. They tell you what you want. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. And this guy always just gives it to me straight. So if I'm on stage and I, I give a great uh, presentation, standing room only, everyone's all applauding. At the end of it, I walk off and he says, you hear that? He says, yeah. He goes, here's what you did incorrectly. You missed this, 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 and this. I'm not going to learn and grow from that applause. I'm going to learn from that and saying, hey, when you hit that one cue, you could have been standing where the spotlight was hitting your face. You were in a dark area and it didn't have that impact. And by the way, when you accidentally scratched yourself, you flipped your audience off. And by the way, and you know, that's how you learn and grow. And I believe if we surround ourselves with good mentors, amazing things are all possible. I love that. Um, and you spot on mentorship. Uh, it's been underrated for decades. And right now everybody's buzzing with that mentors, uh, coaches, uh, and I'm curious, what would be some of your lessons learned? How do you select great mentor? Well, there are two different people you just said. So a mentor is an, I'll call it an older, wiser sage, just for your mental picture of it. Someone is one step ahead of you to say, watch out, don't step in that hole. But a coach is someone you, and they're free, by the way. That's what a mentor is. Uh, then you hire a coach to kick you in the backside to do it. So a mentor might say, dude, you got to lose some weight and then you got to quit smoking. And then I hire a health coach to wake me up at six o'clock in the morning to drag my ass to the gym to actually do it. They're two different people and sometimes they're not interchangeable. So I, I, I'm very careful of surrounding myself with only the people that are excelling at what I want to do. So for example, if I want to get on more stage and speak, I'm not going to ask someone who's never done a TED talk. I want to surround myself with the world authority. And that's what's missing in today's world. They're not seeking a credible source. They're watching these Instagram fake wannabe people asking them for guidance and wonder why they fail. Again, seek counsel, not opinion. Your life will never be the same. Wow, that is profound. Seek a counsel, not opinion. And with that in mind, um, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, when we, you mentioned earlier also the, your position on the legacy and, and things that you did and things where you headed, um, but I'm curious for everybody that are they're kind of on that trajectory where they really wanted to, if they could just change one thing that you think could help. And I know you're not a psychologist, but the best part is you live it through it. You're living example and you're speaking from tremendous experience. Mm -hmm. so, for, so anybody that is going through whatever might be happening in their personal or professional life. I got it, I got it, I got it. Here, here's what it comes down to. It's an acronym. And then I, I got to wrap it up here too, just so you know. But it comes down to three letters, C-P-C, -C, clues, patterns, choices, C-P-C. It's about accountability and responsibility for everything that happens. It's your fault. Stop blaming other people. How many times, I, I'm a single guy now. I go out on a first date with an amazing woman. She's 20 minutes late. Anything could happen, but there's a little red flag. That's a C, that's a clue. I like her. I continue to date her. 
Every time I pick her up, she's 20 minutes late. That forms a P, which is a pattern. Now it's my C, my choice, whether I deal with it, I yell at her, I break up, I tell her a different time, but it's not her fault. She's just late. We have to stop trying to change people to fit into our own little paradigm box. No one wants to be changed, but we'll see someone with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business. Things go wrong. You're mad at the person. You saw the clue. You saw the pattern. You made the choice. It'd be like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, rarely will we be angry at relationships that failed, negotiations that fell through. We're mad at ourselves because we saw the clues, we followed the patterns, but we made our choices late. Mm. Wow, what a great, again, um, information for everyone watching and listening and a great closing uh, of this appearance of Legacy Leader Cheryl. Greg, tremendous, thank you. And for everybody that is eager to connect and learn more about you, where would you like them to go? I go to Instagram, Greg S. Reed. It goes directly to me. Uh, and just reach out and say, hey, if there's something I can do to be of contribution, let me know. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.